there, my name is Jessie Bunting and I'm a final year vet student studying at Charles Sturt University in Australia. Being out on rotation, I can't help but notice that finances can have a massive impact on the vet-client relationship. Talking to vets about this, some have mentioned that clients will even make comments about the bill to guilt them into waiving or reducing fees. So my question is, how do you deal with these comments? And even worse, the comment that if you really cared about the animal, you wouldn't charge at all. Jessica, that's a great question. I'm going to flip this one around. And in over 20 years of working closely with clients, the number of clients that will actually genuinely be trying to guilt you into uh, reducing your fees or making you feel bad for charging your service is extremely low. Uh, what's interesting to me in your question is the fact that it's the vets that are actually talking about this. Because I actually think it's, it's not the clients that are guilting them, it's the vets that are feeling guilty about having to charge. What that shows is a lack of confidence uh, or a lack of skill in discussing the area of finance. But actually, you can bring it back a layer behind that because it's not really a matter of money. Uh, money, like stuff costs money. The question is, how much money should any one particular thing cost? So I can go and buy a, a vehicle and maybe I'm going to go buy a Kia vehicle, which is a reasonably priced mid-range motor car. Um, or I can buy a Ferrari, which is a very unreasonably or reasonably priced supercar at the other end of the spectrum. Totally different prices, but at the end of the day, they are, they are objects with an engine, four wheels that get you from A to B. So there's, there's a value change that goes from having a Kia to having a Ferrari. Arguably, the Kia is a more reliable car, uh, but it costs an awful, awful lot less. Okay, so, so the question here really gets down to the root of all transactional, uh, all transactions where you're exchanging money in return for a product or service. The question is not a question about price, it's a question about value. The way to not have clients complain about your service or complain about the price is to blow their socks off with value. And the way that you, you do that is, first of all, you make them aware that there is a problem in the first instance. And secondly, you, you, you must work on building their incredible belief that you are the person that is the most likely and the team is capable of solving that problem. Okay, so that means in the exam room, uh, building rapport with that person so that they start to trust you. Uh, it means being proficient in performing a physical examination, nose to tail every time, and learning how to talk in language they understand about the problems you're seeing or encountering in that examination. It means learning to not overload clients with too much information so they shut down because when they shut down, they don't understand. And when they don't understand, they cannot recognize the value. They just recognize the price. It means communicating them with them in a way that they can understand what the treatment plan that you're suggesting is. Why, why, why must they take that action? Like what's going on with their pet? Why is that a problem? And what is your proposed solution? And why will that stand a chance of working? When you walk through that process, yes, there's still going to be a point where you have to discuss money, but their awareness of the problem and their belief in you, their confidence in you that is coming from your confident ability to have walked through this process is going to be up here. It's going to be really high versus 
the vet who is a bit more tentative or non-communicative, who doesn't engage with the client. So there is a barrier, there, there's, there's a block to rapport. So that, that trust is not forming. Um, that's the vet that's going to have the problem with clients trying to push back on price because the client is just not feeling it or understanding it. So remember that adage, clients don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And they probably don't really care how much you know ever. They assume that you know, but they really care that you care, right? So you have to show them that caring side, that, that, that willingness to, uh, to be a human with them and to be on their side. You have to be able to communicate clearly, effectively, without overwhelming them in language that they understand what is going on with their pet. And then you have to be able to confidently, without blinking, without being an apologist for your price, tell them how much that service is going to cost and be proud of that. Be an advocate for your service. When you do those three things, most people are not going to guilt your complaint. You may get the throwaway comment like, oh my goodness, that's expensive. And you can say, well, actually, if you compare that to the same thing in human medicine, it's about a tenth of the price or a sixth of the price. Um, or you can say, look, I understand that this, this seems expensive, but these steps are necessary for this reason. Um, and, and obviously, you never put a gun to anybody's head and make them pay it. If, if they physically cannot afford to do that, then you're in a negotiation situation. Where you, then you can say, well, listen, what does a good outcome look like to you? You're my boss. So how about you tell me what, what is possible for you and I will tailor my diagnostic or treatment recommendation to try and fit that to still get you the best outcome for your pet. Um, when vets get into the habit of blaming clients for guilting them or shaming them, number one, my concern is that they are remembering the few negative people and they're forgetting all the positive people that were grateful for their service. Um, the second thing is be careful which vets you listen to on this, because if you are listening to and taking your advice from somebody who is not a great communicator, then guess what? You're going to be learning bad communication skills and that is going to be your future as well. So learn good communication skills. This is why the foundation non-clinical skills are so important to your career. Find a mentor who is good at the thing you want to get good at. Any old mentor will not do. Somebody who is, who is actually good has done the thing you want to get good at to a high standard and is able to communicate how they did that with you is a very, very good move as well. And do, do as much work as you can to remember the good people who are happy with your service. How do you spot them? Because they don't complain and they say yes when you make a recommendation, right? Um, we're very good at forgetting about those people and then remembering, you know, the one person in 20 who treated us badly, that becomes the narrative. That's crazy. Like the narrative is and should be about the clients who say yes and do it well. If it is more than like one in 20 that people are, are giving you a hard time over money, a genuinely hard time. If you're, if you're soft and brittle about a client saying, oh, like, oh, that costs a bit of money. That's on you, like, you know, that's an easy thing to fend off and, and laugh off. If you're taking that to heart, then there's something else going on because that that's a very, very sensitive level, you know, to be taking comments like that and internalizing that. Again, there's something else going on there that needs to be unpacked. But if, if, if you are finding multiple clients every day giving you a hard time over the service, the chances are there's something wrong in the way you're delivering the service that needs to be addressed. And if you take care of that, the problem's gonna improve, okay? So 
listen to what your clients are need. Be very you know obvious about what you think is going on with an animal when you're doing the physical examination. Um, present them a clear plan. Um, build rapport. Care about your client. Spend time getting to know your client. Ask their name. Shake their hand. Smile. Um, engage with them before you go into the physical examination. And always keep them involved in the discussion uh, as you move through. That's how you're going to build rapport. That's how you're going to create this sense of value. And remember, it's not just on you. You've got a whole team of awesome people working with you as well. You might not feel like you're worth it, but your whole team, they've been training and working together for a long while. The combination is definitely worth it. All right? You're good enough. You got this. So I hope that's a useful answer for you. Um, and that, that Jessica, uh, that, you know, I don't know if you've now graduated and you're out there, but I hope you're having a great time in veterinary medicine. I hope this answer is useful for you. Uh, to anybody else who's got a question, please fire them in on the Instagram uh, or on, on the drdavenickel.com website. You'll find a form to submit your question. We love getting them and we love giving you answers that help you have a great career. All right, guys, till next time, be safe, be well, be happy. Dr. Dave out. <laughs>